Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers animated podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. And today we are looking at the third and final part of Transwarped, the Transformers animated season three premiere. Part three, Transwarped Part Three, Season of the Witch. <laughs> the Transwarpening. Now, wouldn't it be the Transwarped Three? So, like three uh, characters. Oh, yeah, three characters you, you, are no, kind you, of warping you, around. It's Transwarp Three D. <laughs> like you replace the last E with a uh, three. Ah, oh, I hate that. Or it's 3D, like in Jaws 3D, or Friday the 13th Part 3D. Yeah. yeah. Man, it was very convenient for those uh, franchises to have their third episode, or their third installment happen when 3D was, you know, a Just thing. in that, like, early 80s 3D boom. To be fair, the early 80s were also the, like way too many sequels boom so yes unfortunately that's, that's sort of uh, convenient unfortunately nightmare on elm street missed it and so they had to have their 3d parts in the sixth one Aww. yeah and isn't Freddy's it just dead, called the 3D final nightmare something oh, what's the one where it's not the third movie but it is the 3d one oh saw that 3d is, i was thinking of that, that is, oh saw 3d yeah saw 3d is like the sixth i think i think that might have been the last yeah. one well the last one until now when they just made a new one I, I thought the last one was the eighth one. Maybe. Oh, There's too many There are so movies. many of those movies. I was watching those movies. Long. I mean, I guess they cost like five bucks to produce. Kinda. Yeah. Especially when you do them in Vancouver. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just hire a bunch of low-rent Canadians. Aw, these poor Canadians. Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> Transformers animated. Uh, Sorry is actually partly metal and partly real. And <gasps> dun, dun, dun. and thanks to an upgrade, is also now like a super robot teenager. With attitude? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably fair to say. Ay ay ay. Damn it. Anyway, so she came to the uh, Autobots' rescue when they were fighting a, uh, a space rock monster. Uh, but unfortunately, she has also used the key to uh, her key to upgrade herself, and so she has gone kill crazy. Yeah, she cannot control her upgrades. Nope, uh, that's that's puberty uh, all over again, isn't it? Yeah, this this is a very accurate metaphor. Uh, unfortunately, in this metaphor, uh, she has stabbed her best friend in the heart. Though he does seem in 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 true cartoon cliffhanger tradition, he does seem a bit less dead than he did like at the end of the last episode. Yeah, he has got yeah. a bad case of Duke syndrome. <laughs> it is kind of, well, he didn't it's not like he went gray at the end of the last episode. But he was like the step before that. He was No, but not, his, his eyes turned off. Yeah, his eyes turned off, he was not moving now, he's just Wiggling about, making noises. Yeah, like I said, you know, it's it's the same thing that happened to to Duke in G.I. Joe the movie. Stabbed in the heart, go into a coma. That's just medical science. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that happens all the time. That's the natural reaction, the body's natural reaction to getting stabbed in the heart. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe it's different for robots. I imagine it is. So, of course, it's now up to Ratchet to fix Bumblebee, and he doesn't have the key, so he can't do it. You know. Or at least he and he says he can do it, but unfortunately, at the same time, he's also having more of his PTSD flashbacks to when he had to put uh, Omega Supreme, who was totally busted up at the end of the war, uh, into Stasis Lock. 
Mm, poor guy. When he had to use his EMP generator thing that does not work the way EMPs should work. No, I mean, what it does is it causes massive psychological trauma whenever he uses it. Apparently. That's like the side effect on his end. That's like a feedback thing. It's just, uh, yeah. Poor guy. So he, so he's trying to operate, and meanwhile, Sari is, like, she has... You've heard of the, the Midas touch? She has the Michael Bay touch, because everything she touches explodes. <laughs> yes. Again, very accurate metaphor for puberty. Yes, and there's kind of a neat effect where, she, like, as she, in her footsteps, there are, like, crackles of electricity, and that just then subsequently explodes. Yep. Hmm. Poor thing. So the rest of the Autobots are... I remember uh, when I was 13 and that started happening to me. Man, that was a bad day at school. Uh, so the rest of the Autobots are trying to fight her, but not obviously, you know, holding back because they do not want to kill her. And so Prowl does use his ninja powers and yank the key out of her. But she's. it doesn't actually help. Because she has apparently just absorbed all of the key's power. And indeed, when Ratchet tries to use it, it just doesn't work. Oops. Yeah. But, without, but even without it, Ratchet does manage to stabilize Bumblebee a little. He's very, like, defensive of the idea that he would need the key rather than his, you know, skills as a medic, though. Yes. No, I can just fix this guy with tools instead of this magic god device. Yeah. Not all of us need some magic god device. Some of us have skills. And luckily for him, those skills do indeed pay the bills. Because Bumblebee is kind of okay. Yay! Meanwhile, it's time for Bulkhead's Bad Idea Theater. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. He is not familiar with many aspects of human biology, and one of them is going to the bathroom, or as he calls it, the sleep room. (laughs) Which she corrects to the restroom. Yes. So he suggests that just as she can hold it in, she instead, she try and hold in her death energies. Well, just holding in energy on, like, it's pee, Now, that, that does at least answer the question of whether she, like, had human bodily functions in that regard before. So. I mean, we saw her eat. Yeah, I guess what goes in has to come out somewhere. And, I mean, you would and think that she might have noticed that over her existence. Yeah, I and, and there was the whole episode when she was captured by Meltdown that one time and went to the bathroom multiple times. Oh, right, right. Yes. She supercharged the toilet. Yes. Also, her, like, horrible death stabby things keep making that cute, like, pika hammery sort of <laughs> noise, which is pretty great. Or I guess it's just sort of a, like, cutesy version of the transforming noise. Yes. Hmm. Uh, unfortunately, trying to hold it in uh, just makes her go Super Saiyan. <laughs> Oops. Which, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how it happens on Dragon Ball Z, right? They just, like, hold it in. <laughs> and then they open it. Well, ah! Yeah, the, the scream is quite often compared to constipation noises to the point where, you know, that that's what you joke about with your friends when they're going to the bathroom in college. <laughs> Heard a lot of grunting in there. You go insane? Oh, I, just, I just destroyed the planet Namek. Don't go in there. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah. don't don't worry. Last night's burrito has been banished to the next dimension. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, that that would be Yu-Gi-Oh. If it's sent to the home for infinite losers. Oh, the, right, the home for infinite losers. My mistake. <laughs> Although there, oh, there, no, wait. Vegeta did have a some line about sending someone to another dimension, which forever got stuck in my head with that one. Um, Devo song? Is it? Or was uh, No. Um, Beastie Boys. Ha. Another Dimension? Another Dimension. Oh, ah. right. Yes, I know what you mean. Intergalactic Planetary. That's cool, like the kids. 
Yeah, so this is absolutely not going to work. So it is time for Ratchet to use the PTSD EMP. Poor guy. And uh, also, we're uh, we're actually we're using the word kill on this uh, show, which I don't think we've used before. Yeah. Oh. Hey, they wanted to oh. to make it a little more adult. Let's go for that, man. Let's let's mature this thing up. That's right. So he does so, and he knocks her out. Oh, poor kid. He's very upset about it. Yes. Now this sort of cut. This sort of goes with what uh, Omega Supreme said in that flashback, where so Ratchet, you you taught me to protect like an Autobot, but all I did was destroy like a Decepticon. Oh. And Ratchet says that sometimes you just have to do. You know, sometimes you just got to do it, even if it doesn't make sense. Oh, Ratchet. War is hell, kids. (laughs) Meanwhile, on Cybertron, Long Arm Prime rolls up to Metroplex, which I think is just a city here and not a dude. Yeah, he never transforms, but but it looks so like Metroplex. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's just Metroplex. It's clearly Metroplex. It's pretty great. Going back a second, I I think this may be my favorite drawing of Cybertron as the establishing shot. It looks very neat. Yeah, it's really nice. The establishing shots of Cybertron are really cool. Well, it's the same shot over and over, but it's really pretty. Well, yeah. yes. So, uh, Longarm rolls up, transforms, and uh, tosses a uh, a very suspiciously bu- blue cube to Cliffjumper. And says, uh, could you throw this out for me? So, so he's dead. <laughs> Poor Although, Blur. Kind of yes, kind of no. I know oh. that, like, there was a lot of, uh, disagreement with the creative team about that. Because, like, they, they tried to draw his spark in the cube so that you would see it even though the script like, explicitly said he was supposed to be dead, but, you know, Derek was like, no! <laughs> and well, and in fact, in the subsequent um, BotCon comic set in the animated uh, universe, you see uh, Cliffjumper in a crowd scene, and he's still holding that cube. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Well, we can infer that either A, uh, Cliffjumper kind of got a feeling of what was up, or B, Cliffjumper is a hoarder. <laughs> He's just got an apartment full of old uh, newspapers and rats and cat skeletons. That would be a very interesting uh, new take on his character. Man, he's so uh, he's so paranoid that uh, about traitors that uh, he just won't throw anything out in case it's evidence <laughs> of their traitory of their treachery. <laughs> Might mean something. That's right. Might be part of a conspiracy. This is important. This means something. <laughs> and indeed, uh, at, at a later, I think, BotCon script reading, there is just straight up the return of Blur, because they had John Mashita there. I mean, yeah, you, you got to. And I think um, that was written by Greg Sepulak and Trent Troop. Nice. So I'm going to say that it is valid, because they are good. <laughs> <laughs> that seems acceptable. Yeah. So yeah, he uh, rolls up into his office uh, and transforms into Longarm, even though this place has huge windows. Yeah, it, it seems ill-advised, like he's in his office, but there's massive windows. Maybe they're screened like, or something. So like it's way, like just take know. it's like taking your pants off, Shockwave. At least pull the blinds. <laughs> You're gonna have like robot Jimmy Stewart watching you from his apartment. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, Grace, that, uh, that old man Longarm, he's, he's actually a Decepticon. <laughs> Never thought I'd have a chance to work my bad Jimmy Stewart impression into this show, but here we are. There you go, there's always a chance. <laughs> I mean, I guess the thing is that no Autobots on this can actually fly, so nobody's just going to be, like, zipping by your window. Well, yeah. there are two, but we haven't met them yet. We haven't met them yet, and they're like an experiment. Yeah. Yeah. Although, That's... boy, it would be awkward if you had, like, 
the win- scheduled the window washers scheduled for that day. Oh, <laughs> the Viper is coming. I would I, think I, you'd want to I keep track of that. I see you've discovered my Halloween costume. <laughs> Pretty scary, huh? <sighs> Anyways, He's not yeah. a very good spy. Shockwave is actually a terrible spy in this. Yes, although, I mean, he's very effective, so it's possible that the people he's spying on are just dumb enough that he doesn't have to try very hard. That's entirely possible. He doesn't have to be that good because it doesn't actually take much. It's, uh, to quote Paul Giamatti in Shoot 'em Up, is he that good or do we just suck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really need to rewatch that. It's a good movie. It's a great movie. It's the best Looney Tunes movie ever. Oh, what? Better than better than Space Jam? Way better than Space Jam. <laughs> I mean, anything's better than Space Jam. That's right. Hot take. Come at me, millennials. Space yeah. Jam is terrible. It's not a good movie. Go watch your B movie. Oh. Haven't seen that one, but I assume it's terrible. I, I, I also assume it's terrible. I also have not any, seen it. I've seen half of the sped-up version. Anyway, podcast, but every time we make a digression, it speeds up. Oh, (laughs) no, I don't want to edit that, because that would be like... Yeah, no, at this point, our... Five minutes long. I mean, we're we're all going to sound like John Mashita. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so Megatron, as per last time, is still stuck on Omega Supreme, and trying to get the transwarp drive to work. So, yeah, the the Space Bridge Network has been uh, shut down. None of the Decepticons who are poised to attack uh, can get there. And also the Autobots on Earth uh, know, because I I did the whole monologuing, I'm going to reveal my secret identity to them, even though they all turned out to live. So that was a bad idea. Yeah, that was maybe not, not his best idea. So we get we get a little cut to Team Char, who uh, who we saw uh, back in the first episode, and they're still fun. Yes, Stryka is still very Russian. Yes, and they're about to be attacked by the Elite Guard, by which I mean Ultra Magnus, uh, Jazz, and Sentinel Prime. And unfortunately, since they retreat, we are uh, we do not get to see that fight, which would have been cool. Yeah, Stryka really, really doesn't want to retreat. Nope. <laughs> but Big it's Daddy not in their programming. But Big Daddy Megatron insists. Yep. Yes. So back at Autobot HQ, Ratchet has fixed Sari. She is uh, having uh, she's having some bed rest on a giant bed. Yeah. Okay. Did this like there's it feels like scene missing of body horror trying to repair her and what a trans organic looks like. I mean, we kind of don't want to know. No, yeah, it's. I'm kind of glad it's not there, the but that that Ratchet said he didn't want it, and she didn't want her poking around in her and a couple episodes ago, and it's just, uh. No, well, just maybe think she shouldn't have overcharged herself. Yes. <laughs> yes. Just think of that scene in Videodrome when there's like a television set full of organs. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, he managed to reroute some of her circuitry around the overloading all-spark power. Convenient. Sure. Thanks. So, Sumdeck, uh, Professor Sumdeck, gets there. Uh, You know, everybody kind of doesn't want him to be there for the most part. They want to know, you know, who told him there. Uh, I mean, his daughter lives there. Yeah, I think they're still kind of sore about him helping the Decepticons, even though, again, Bulkhead also did that. Yeah. And it wasn't like he had a choice. I'm kind of reminded of that episode of The Simpsons where uh, Burns is talking about how he's better than uh, Oscar Schindler, because I I built uh, shells for the Nazis, too, and mine worked, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Optimus Prime is just all, hey, I told him where this base is, we're a family, no more secrets. 
I appreciate how good Optimus Prime is at being, like, good about human familial relationships. Yes, I mean, he's kind of, like, the execution isn't always there, but his heart is in the right place. Yeah. He seems to have picked up on it well enough. Yes. And we're just talking about family now, and I kind of feel like, uh, I feel like I'm watching a Fast and Furious movie. <laughs> <laughs> Except Aww. in this one, the cars are the characters. True, true. So yeah, they step out to give them a moment, and uh, Bumblebee starts, and we get a real last time on Transformers for Bumblebee, who was <laughs> in space for a lot of it, and then he starts <laughs> glowing again. Uh-oh. Oh. But luckily, uh, that the plasma dynamic thruster just happened to be, like, wedged in him, so Bulkhead just plucks it out and turns it off. It's like, in, in his back... Basically, he just, like, pops open a back panel and it's like, give me that. Yeah. And just flips it off. Like, did you not notice that was there, Bumblebee? <laughs> I would think Probably that would be uncomfortable. Forgot. Although we, do, we know he does have a lot of storage place in potentially embarrassing areas. Yes. Remember, uh, was it uh, Nature Calls, where he brings a ton of electronic equipment camping and... Prowl just wants to know where he was keeping it, and Bumblebee would rather nervously rather not say. <laughs> yes. Anyway, it turns out that it was glowing because there's another transwarp. Uh, there's another object coming at a transwarp, and it is Omega Supreme. Yay! Oops. They're oh. all very glad to see him up to the point where he starts shooting at them. Oh no. Yeah. And indeed, he transforms, and he's got. Megatron's face, like, projected on his visor, and all this is making me think of is uh, when the Spider Slayers fought Spider-Man, and they've got, like, J. Jonah Jameson's face on a TV screen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's it's a good cartoon trick that happens quite often in things. Although occasionally it's a TV on your tummy. I mean, I was just kind of expecting Megatron to call Optimus Prime a web-slinging weasel. <laughs> now, I, I was trying to think what you would call this version. Is this like Omega Megatron or Mega Supreme? Oh, Mega Supreme. I like it. Yes. I approve. Oh, Mega Supreme. No. 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 You ruined it. <laughs> you wrecked it. That's what I do. <laughs> Just here to ruin things. Anyway, so Megatron so, yeah, gets to have fun trying to reenact his version of um, Pacific Rim, but I guess it's Detroit Rim, which doesn't have the right uh, ring to it. Alas. Lake Erie Rim. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that works. It's a body of water. Unfortunately, he cannot be drift compatible because he's not on this show. No. <laughs> oh. I wonder if Hey-o. Eric Wyatt has ever drawn an animated drift. Oh, probably. Someone I has to have to imagine. I, I guess he wouldn't come... Although, I can't remember if this was around the time that All Hail Megatron came out. I think it was. I mean, Somewhere? just, you know, like, for conventions or in his personal time. Oh, yes. I'm sure. <laughs> Someone has I mean, definitely commissioned it, I would guarantee Probably not until, you know, more than meets the eye made drift someone who anyone other than Shane McCarthy <laughs> cared about. Yes. But unless he based him on uh, movie drift. Eh. Um, also, although, I'm pretty sure that was after more than meets the eye started and made him yeah, someone yeah. who people other than Shane McCarthy cared about. Yes. And of course, he's also in Robots in Disguise. <laughs> yes. Where he's very orange. For some reason. Well, because all the other colors were taken by the other Autobots, except for purple, and he can't be purple. I guess that's fair. And they got a red guy, they got a blue guy, well, blue lady, uh, yellow guy, green guy, had to be an well, orange she's guy. she's more white. That's true. She's got a fair bit of blue on her. Yeah. Anyway, so they've uh, they've got to fight Omega Supreme, which is... Not going to be easy, although Ratchet makes it a little easier by just flicking the switch that turns Bumblebee's stingers from mild annoyance to uh, weapons grade. 
Yeah, which, wow. I wonder if Bumblebee knew that was there before, because <laughs> uh I can see that being a problem. I think he, he's just been playing on hard mode this whole time. <laughs> Maybe. He is very pleased by this. And, uh... was it? Also, this is where we are once more reminded that Megatron does not know Op- Optimus Prime's name. Aww. Well, now he's just being <clears throat> difficult about it. Yeah, it does feel like at this he's point just, he, he's intentionally not remembering. Maybe. Yes. He's being a jerk about it now. He is just that guy who gets your name wrong on purpose. Yeah, Nancy. <laughs> and not in the fun, uh, we rate dogs kind of way. They're good dogs, Megatron. <laughs> they are. <laughs> He's a jerk. So yeah, they uh, they go after Omega's giant legs, and it doesn't work great, but they do, like, poke open a hatch. And so Prowl and Prime go all fantastic voyage into Omega Supreme. Except, you know, they don't have to shrink because he's giant. Yeah. Honestly, being that large does seem like kind of a hindrance in this sort of situation. Like, there's a lot of you that people can get into and mess with. This is true. I guess the advantage there is that you can squoosh them before that happens. Ideally. Well, and, I mean, he does have, like, a bunch of, like, robot arms and stuff inside him to grab people. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's more of a Unicron thing. Although, thankfully, we don't have to see, like, Omega Supreme trying to reach around to grab things trying to attack his butt. (laughs) Yes, no one tries to attack Omega Supreme's butt. Sadly, Grimlock is not around for that. Uh, We do see him later, but, yeah. Oh, no, that's next episode, maybe? I don't know. I'm remembering. Uh, That is next episode, yes. The important thing is it's not this fight. No. So Prowl, uh, Prowl gets in there, he uses his ninja powers, and also, I think, like, a USB port <laughs> yes. to to tron his way into Omega Supreme's mind. We are, well, uh, he, it he, is very Tron. It, it, yeah, it's really... It, Megatron video games with a hyphen. Uh, he, no. He kind of sort of does a RoboCop to plug in. Oh, yeah, he had a bit of a RoboCop, too. Well, it, instead of being a giant metal spike... It's it's more like a brass or um yeah sort of brass knuckles taser looking thing. Yeah, USB knuckles. Yeah. <laughs> Think I could get some of those at the flea market down the street on weekends. <laughs> some, some brass knuckles with USB port on them. And I mean, it's, it's doubly appropriate. Sixteen gigs. Uh, since the original Shockwave was based on David Warner doing uh, the villain in Tron. Ha, that's a good point. And indeed, I think when when they did like a Tron level in Kingdom Hearts, they had Corey Burton just do his shockwave voice. <laughs> hey! This is acceptable. Acceptable in a video game I'm never so going we... to play. Yeah. So anyway, this is... We get some pretty cool visuals. Uh, Megatron, or... Uh, Prowl does a thing, so he kind of gives Omega, he bursts him free, so he kind of just grows out of Megatron. It's very Cronenbergian. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. I felt like Megatron had a little bit of, like, at least at first, like, Galvatron's creation in the movie sort of thing going. Maybe it's just all the lines behind him. Oh yeah, I can see that too. I just think everything is TFTM. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, with this creative team, it probably is. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, we don't get that cool. I mean, that would be impossible to animate in motion. But that uh, a bit where he's like just all like blueprints. Well, they, <laughs> yes. They could use computer effects. I mean, they do sometimes use CG in the show. Rarely. This is true. Would have been anyway, so unfortunately, everybody has forgotten that this whole thing is being powered by Starscream's head, and Starscream's head still has his jerk brain in it. <laughs> his big, stupid brain. Hey, so we get Star Supreme. Yay. Yay. Oh, Star Supreme. <laughs> no. 
Now Zoidberg is the one who is huge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and um, wait, where's I think it's before Supreme Starscream shows up. That like, I think it's Prime that says "Bring it on, Decepticon." Yes, Somebody does. Which is a good line that I can't remember ever being said anywhere else, and it really should be because it rhymes. <laughs> Just because it rhymes. Mostly, Not for, yeah. like, any other reason. It scans well. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's kind of appropriate, because this is where they first fought on board this ship, back before we all knew that it was a person. Yeah. That's fair. So, Starscream's in Megatron charge says now. Megatron something about their... Oh, sorry? Megatron says something about how they're destined to fight here in this place and thing. And he's, yet he still doesn't remember Prime's name. Yeah, that's a little self-important. Yeah. And previously, after Prime identified him as Megatron, he said, ah, so you, then you do remember my name. Pity I can't remember yours. <laughs> a jerk. Oh, so that's, he's just got to rub it in. Like, you're just yeah. not important to me. <sighs> he's a jerk. Which is sort of interesting, given, I mean, that goes again to what distinguishes this from how they tend to be portrayed in, like, every other iteration of Transformers, where they're, like... You know, old besties and all that. Or just yeah, I mean, even as recently as uh, the last night. Yeah. Where he's like, we were brothers once, and then once, and then Prime just throws him through a window. <laughs> you know. Yeah, which is like... As you that, do. That's why this... This is my favorite version of Optimus Prime, because he has a character arc. He's not just this... Stuck in his ways, iconic guy who's been the same for millions of years or whatever crap. Yeah. Yeah. He's a lot more interesting as a character. Yeah. So Starscream and Omega are kind of struggling over control of his body. Omega sort of gets to the surface a little and tells Ratchet, you know, use the EMP, shut me down. We we got to do what we must. Oh, it's too sad. I can't deal with it. Well, good news, because Ratchet does do the thing, and it does absolutely nothing. Yeah. Oh. Because he's just too friggin' huge. Yeah. Well, you know, that's how things happen. Yep. That's how things so they, happen. So they... Omega transforms into spaceship mode. He's headed to Cybertron to mess it up, because he's just <laughs> tired of dealing with everybody here. <laughs> he's just done. And Prime is going to just use his grappling hook to just fall, just tag along, I guess. Yeah, he does, doesn't does have a plan, he's just... Or, you know, be incinerated when he leaves the atmosphere. Yeah. But hey, luckily, B Bulkhead is a space bridge genius. <laughs> yes, he is. And so he is going to plant the plasmic dynamic thruster on Omega Supreme. He tosses Bumblebee to Prime... Pri Prime tosses Yay, the thing. Fast V special. Yay. Oh, that's a good name. <laughs> Luckily, there's been like a conveniently sized chunk blown out of Omega Supreme that Prime can just toss into there. Yeah. And then Ratchet catches everybody before they can plummet to Earth. Mm. And thankfully, this saves them from what was their plan of last resort, which was just sicking sorry on Omega Supreme. <laughs> Yeah, Ratchet... I mean, she blew everything else up. Yeah, but Ratchet didn't want to do that because he didn't know if he, they could stop it again. And he says, like, over my sparkless body, or no, over my sparkless shell. S sparkless chassis. Chassis? Something like that. I mean, it would have been cool to watch, but also terrible because she probably would have died. Yeah. Yeah. And also, it's sad. getting kind of creepy when the Autobots are just tossing their child soldiers out there to die. <laughs> Yeah, that that that's more of a Transformers anime thing. Yeah. Real men don't cry, sorry. They only get stronger. Uh. Stop being a baby and go murder that robot. <laughs> it's all so wrong. Anyway, so we're back at the Autobot base. Everybody's kind of apologizing. Sorry is... She's she's apologizing for, you know, going super robot crazy and sticking her key into herself. She's <laughs> got to learn. You can't just use the key for everything. Including on your own body. Yeah. 
It's it's not that's not appropriate. Not Sumdak. Right. Yeah. And Isaac Sumdak is sorry about that whole thing where he didn't tell his daughter that she was a robot. <laughs> well, I mean, come on. And sorry is thanking a Ratchet for, you know, uh saving his life from being stabbed. <laughs> that is important. And meanwhile, on Cybertron, it is the it, we are back on Metroplex, and Ultra Magnus is uh, talking to the Autobot Council, and uh, here we mm. see uh, Alpha Trion Yay. for the first time. He looks like Alpha Trion. Yep, he is just Alpha Trion. He is apparently the head of the uh, civilian government in uh, huh. on Cybertron. It's interesting. Yeah, according to the uh, and he is Phil Lamar. <laughs> well, he doesn't say anything here. Oh no, right. Apparently he is the head of the Guilds Domesticus. Oh, okay. So, head of the Civilian Guilds, which is the citizen leadership of the Autobot populace. Interesting. And anyway, I kind of dig these council chambers. We've got like a bunch of murals on the walls, a huge oh, yeah. Autobot symbol. Yeah, it's very pretty. Yeah, they're uh, sort of stained glass thingies, designs of robots that are hard to identify. Yeah. I mean, one of them is definitely holding up the it Matrix. very serious. And I think one of them is poking like a, a crab or a bug or something with a, with a spear. What? Or maybe he's trying to pull a sword out of a rock. <gasps> Could be. What? Could be, um... Oh, what's that sword that's in the Unicron trilogy? Oh, uh, the Star Saber. Oh, yeah. The one that's made out of smaller robots. Yes. Uh, good luck cutting anything with that. Yeah, it's not very having a, blades it's pretty, on pretty it. thick. Yeah. Not actually a very functional weapon, really. Yeah. So, because, of course... Uh, you know, so they're talking about this whole rigmarole that's been going on, and Longarm is all, well, hey, it was obviously the work of uh, the traitor Wasp. You know, this one deranged guy is behind everything. And he continues being the worst actor. Oh, yes, but hey, everybody's buying it. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that must have been a Wasp. Yeah, it was absolutely not... Anyone who's currently a Decepticon spy who might be in some important position in the... Here, look over there. And then he turns yep. and runs away. <laughs> that would probably work. Yes! Oh, with them it probably would. Oh, that's sad. And Magnus also wants... So he sends Sentinel Prime and Jazz to go and get Wasp. And then the next order of business is, hey, we got to uh, talk to the Autobots on Earth. Because, hey, maybe they know something that we don't. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. And, but Longarm's and... all, hey, uh, you know, for, for intelligence purposes, you better filter all those conversations uh, through me. <laughs> for security reasons. Yeah, absolutely, for security reasons. Very important. He's not very... I mean, yeah, I guess this is one of those things which I've brought up many times before, where a character is acting poorly to communicate to the viewers, you know, some important plot point. Yes. Though I really liked in Beast Wars when, when Black Arachnia would do that, and then actually Megatron didn't believe her. <laughs> yes. But hey, there, there's a more immediate threat, because in the, in the skies of Cybertron, it's Omega Supreme. <gasps> Starscream is finally about to have his revenge. He's so excited. Except that it, except that it transforms away to somewhere else. <laughs> and then somewhere like, else. Yes! Yes! No! <laughs> and then somewhere else. <laughs> oh, poor guys. And this, and this totally is just the end of a of an eighties Ninja Turtle episode. <laughs> yeah. Yes. They have become Shredder and Krang. We must get back to Dimension X. Shredder. <laughs> Poor guys. And uh, that is Transwarped. Yep. Hey. Just double-checking my notes here, I also totally forgot to mention that Megatron gets an axe shoved into him, and he just doesn't notice it. 
Yeah, he kind of just doesn't. Pretty hardcore. I mean, he's pretty serious business. Again, the Decepticons are pretty serious business in this series. And we kind of forget that sometimes, but... Yes. You know, this season at least. And also during the battle, Prowl hilariously uses his ninja stars against Omega Supreme. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It works about as well as you would expect. He needs a you-tried star. (laughs) A you-tried ninja star. Yes. Yes. I will allow it. Shuriken tried. No, that's not working. No. Now you've taken it too far. Now you've ruined it. <laughs> no, it's, a, it's a little star that, that says, you can be a ninja? Sure you can. <laughs> no. No. And that is Transwarped. This was this was a... I really enjoyed this three-parter. Yeah. yeah. Now that I see it as a whole... I mean, I think you can kind of see the seams where it was a two-parter that they kind of crammed some extra headmaster into to make it a thing. Yeah, maybe but some it, drew it, out some chasing sorry around destroying things. Yep, there's a lot of her just destroying stuff. Just tossed a rock monster in there. Well, you know, yeah, but you it, always need a rock monster. It is a cool rock monster. You can see the seams, but it it, it feels less saggy than like. Some three-part season finales, like where the middle usually sags a lot. This is true. Or Rebirth. No, Rebirth I think they stuffed too much into. Yeah, that's... Well, it was supposed to be a five-parter that they had to cut into three. Yeah. Like, like we're selling, like, one toy per minute. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, I love Rebirth. This one, meanwhile, uh, not really selling that many toys. No. Uh, I mean, it it definitely... Season 3 will definitely continue the theme of just lots of random character cameos. Like, there's just Die Atlas at one point just being big, and... Is it Die Atlas I'm thinking of? No, it's Grandus. Grandus, that's right. The guy who's a big cube. Just being big (laughs) and derpy, and just... It it gets very much like Derek Wyatt's sketchbook in there, which which yes. is great, but you know, it's definitely something that, that distinguishes it as a season is once you really get them back in full contact with Cybertron, you get a lot more interesting cameos. Yes. I guess uh they did make a hot ro- or a, a Rodimus toy, so yes. they're think- selling that toy for five minutes. When he gets his ass kicked by Team Char. I think it's just him and Cliff Jumper that actually got toys. Everybody else that's new that you'd think would get a toy doesn't... Well, Blackout, but only kind of, sort of. That doesn't really count. Only in Japan. Uh, Alas. Oh, oh, um, um, Oil Slick. Oh yeah, Oil Slick. Right, right, right. Yeah, he got to actually be in there. Yes. And Blur got to do some more stuff, and then died. Yeah. Poor Blur. And uh, they never made any kind of sorry action figure, which is kind of weird. Uh, I mean, she wouldn't really... I mean, I... It'd be like the kicker toy. Which yeah, I mean, they made that kicker. Wanted. I mean, nobody yeah, liked but it, that but was this would just, look cooler. No. That was I mean, just nobody liked kicker. That was just Takara, <laughs> because they were really flogging their Microman stuff at the time. Yeah. Although that... That was the Japanese one. The American one, made, the Hasbro made one that was based on, like, G.I. Joe's. Oh, I didn't even remember that Hasbro made yeah. the kicker. Oh, they're yeah, they're I totally different. I just remember different. the Micro Man one that oh. I found broken while I was moving. and was like, oh, oh well. Sorry, kicker. So, yeah, they totally could have made, like, a G.I. Joe-based sorry, and I'm vaguely surprised that they didn't, considering how much she's on the show, and they finally have an action figure where she does stuff. Yeah, I think, I really feel like at that time, the movie was their big focus. And I know they had Eric Siebenhaller working a lot on animated, but just as a company, it really felt like they were focused a lot on the movies first, and then everything else second. And, you know, the... They they definitely seem to recognize that the fandom was very much into animated, uh, and, you know, even from the very beginning of it, they had, uh, 
you know, the whole thing we talked about, about the toys showing up around BotCon first. Oh, right. And, uh, and that sort of thing. But, you know, they, they definitely seem to consider the movie to be more their cash cow. Mm-hmm. And so. I mean, certainly it was. Those movies made a zillion dollars. Yes. Uh, but, you know, as we've learned, their, their toy selling power has sort of diminished with time. Uh, yes. But, but yeah, I, I sort of feel like they, you know, they made a lot of really cool toys. But yeah, I kind of feel like they weren't always necessarily as interested in doing sort of, uh, outside the box kind of things like that. <laughs> it would have been cool though. Yes. And I know one of the, like, third-party companies did a little, like, figurine that you could, you know, that was to scale with the deluxes, but but that's about all I can think of. Yeah, third parties. And it was, like, season one and two. It wasn't season three, sorry. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, we will be back uh, next week with, uh, with, uh... Three is a crowd, presenting the return of everybody's favorite characters, the Constructicons. Yeah, it's got Dirt Boss. He bosses the dirt around. It does indeed have <laughs> Dirt Boss. Speaking of weird movie stuff. Speaking of the... He tried to kill me with a fork. Oh, his name is so dumb. <laughs> his name is so dumb. That was my, my joke with the, the uh, mini-con Dirt Boss. I'm like, what, he bosses the dirt around? And then yeah, they actually use that for this. And he does boss people around, so so that's the, something. The mini con was like a monster truck, wasn't it? Though uh, yeah. no, he was like a he was like a like a rally van or like a rally car. It was something that had more to do with dirt than a forklift, anyway. I mean, he was, he was like a dirt racing vehicle. Anyway, I mean, he. I mean, I don't see why you're assuming he bosses the dirt around. It's not like the cake boss bosses cakes around. Maybe, maybe he does. He should. Anyway, I think that I'm pretty sure he predated Cake Boss. Oh man, that's 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 your that's the next Transformers idea. He's a bakery truck turns into Cake Boss. <laughs> so as and then we gets wrap arrested up... for drunk driving and tries to get out of it by claiming that he is the Cake Boss. <laughs> <laughs> so as we wrap up, I would just like to say uh, that. Uh, just before we started recording tonight, so I haven't actually gotten to read it, but I did get a copy of the TF Nation comic uh, from personal friend and friend of the podcast and Patreon contributor Cecilia Motz. Uh, so uh, we've mm. been talking about maybe, I guess maybe at the end of the season, at the end of the season, doing like uh, one of our little wrap ups where we talk about other things and maybe doing uh each of us doing some different comic thing. So uh, I will be reading and discussing that sometime in the near future, whether just randomly in one of our episodes or as part of a, a formal episode where we talk about side matter. Ooh, exciting. Yes, I'm pretty excited. And of course, until next week, you can find us all over the internet. We're on Twitter, we're on Tumblr, and we're on Facebook. And we are hosted by IaconUnderground.net, uh, where we have a Patreon set up to help us with hosting fees and other expenses. Uh, that is at patreon.com slash IaconUnderground. And uh, by the time you hear this, our spooky Halloween episode will be up. Spooky. In which we discuss the real Ghostbusters episode, The Collect Call of Cthulhu. Yes. Very exciting. For a very long, spooky, long very exciting. Well, and also, David, and to a lesser degree myself, geek out about Lovecraft. Yes. Oh, yes. And I go off on a side tangent about Michael Moorcock because I don't know. Because given half a chance, I will do that. I mean, we were geeking out about something. It was your right to join in. <laughs> yes. We, we we somehow managed to talk three times the length of the episode. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty good. So please join us. And of course, our next Patreon episode, I think we can reveal now, will be Thor Ragnarok. So by the yes. transitive property, I assume that will be six hours long. Yes, probably, oh, probably. Oh, no, it's... 
Uh, I, I have to. Hours, I have to go find a real theater to watch that in because the uh, the theater where I currently live looks like it hasn't been renovated since Flight of the Navigator. So uh, that's I I would like to see it on a real screen. I mean, heads up, at least one hour of that six hours will be me talking about how much I love Hunt for the Wilder People. <laughs> that's uh, fair. Okay. That's fair. It's a good uh, movie. Some significant portion of it will just be me reminding everyone that Crimson Peak was the best movie ever. <laughs> I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Thor. <laughs> oh, right. He's in that. I forgot. I was thinking, what's the connection there? Right, right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, did the, the, the one set photo that, that, that looks it's like Tommy was so... I've, Prettier Tommy. I mean, he's got the haircut, and I think we would yeah. all agree that we'd rather see Tom Hiddleston's butt in a way too long sex scene. Yes, yes. Ooh. Or yeah. in a reasonably length sex scene, like in just, Crimson Peak, where you see yeah, his or, butt. Or, in a or sex an scene. actual sex scene, as opposed to oh, just yeah, him yeah. flailing on top of some poor woman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway. So until next time, when we uh, when we go Constructicon crazy, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm Diggin. All right. Yay, an episode. Yay. Good episode. So many. Uh... Yes, there. I've got that open. Here we go. Oh, and I did get uh, the animated comic thing from uh, TF Nation. Oh, that thing! By I which I mean, to Ooh, out oh yeah, we. To get it. By which I mean, Cecilia sent me one. Oh, okay. Ah. Now oh, that is the advantage of knowing uh, some Europeans. Yes. Yay, yay, Europe. So we, we will have to discuss that at some point, because I hear it's pretty good. Good. I will have to read it, because... Yeah, I, and I'll have to pull out my IDW animated comics, too. Yay! Oh, I didn't even know there was any. Because I just, like, it was here when I got home. <laughs> and... Anyway, uh, shall we uh, shall we start her up? Yeah, actually we should probably have maybe an episode or two about the comics and things, because there's also the BotCon issue that was written by, um... Oh, yeah, I don't have that. Oh, I do. So I guess we each have something to talk about. Oh, good. About. All right, then. Yes, okay. we each have a piece of the puzzle. It'll be one of those book report episodes. 